1: And welcome to Habsfield Unfiltered. I am your host, Craig Wilson. I'm with my co-host Matt Smith. Good Blaine either. Potvin's here, but he's having technical difficulties, so uh, <laughs> he's uh, you know he's doing the West Macaulay. He's uh, we're going to blame him if anything goes wrong. <laughs> I like what you did there. <laughs> I just like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so today, uh, I haven't been around for a while, I have other things going on, and uh, I know Matt's working and stuff like that, Blaine soon will be doing a lot of sailing, so uh, we're going to try to get in as many shows as we can, and some days you might just see mine and Matt's pretty face, and uh, or just Matt, or just me, or I don't know how it's going to go, special guests like Wes McCauley and Austin Matthews, <laughs> talking about, no, just kidding, we'll yeah. never get Austin Matthews. Um, All right, so Matt, how you been? We're good. Uh,
2: Working lots, and back at it again tomorrow. Writing reviews and doing all the supervisor stuff.
1: So nothing
2: exciting, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm um, heading back to Halifax tomorrow. Awesome. Working from home uh, for the week, and then uh, back here to Ottawa to finish off my stint. And I'm back in Halifax for May 31st. That's awesome. After I get promoted. Awesome. So, yeah. So, today we're going to talk about the good and bad of the season. Uh, what else? You have the list. I don't have it.
2: <laughs> good, bad and the future. From what? Good, uh, bad in the play. future. Someone
1: playing sent <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so we'll start off. So uh, Matt, what? Uh, I I think it was a good season. Now I know I got to address something here. I said before the season started, they weren't a bottom five team and they wouldn't finish in the bottom five uh obviously i was wrong because they finished in the bottom five however in my defense if they were healthy even half healthy than what they were they never would have finished you're in right the bottom five. you're right as a matter of fact we'd be bitching about them probably picking maybe 10 to 15 I, I agree i agree we saw how they were at the start of the year
2: and they yeah. were they were in close against some very good teams yes and then all of a sudden it was this guy got injured, this guy got injured, this guy got injured, and guys were playing in roles that they weren't used to playing, and it really was the uh kind of the demise of the year, right? So right. But I do agree. I do agree that there are some positive uh things to pull out, which we'll get into. Um, but it wasn't a complete loss of a season.
1: I it wasn't. I mean the positive I look at is uh Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Uh Cole Caulfield healthy probably was gonna get close to 50 goals. He was on pace for 48 when he went out with his injury. Yep. Um, which means Suzuki probably would have had 70, maybe 80 points right. on the season. What 65, I think he finished the season with. 66. Uh, 66 he finished the season with, and uh almost from January on he played with a Rafael Harvey of, Pinard right. and then whoever else. And whoever else, yeah, yeah, whoever they kind of slotted in there with them. So I look at that as a, I look at a positive and is Sam Montembeau. Yeah. Uh, you and I were big, big anti-Montembeau people. And uh he, I think he played into maybe a long-term contract, not eight years, but maybe a three, four-year contract after next season. If he plays... Next season, like he did this season, anyway.
2: But... Right, right. We well, still like he's still on for another uh, another season at a mill, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a good value contract. Um, but they can't have another season between the pipes, getting shelled with the amount of shots that they were shelled with. Um, I I think that if they can and bring that number down and be that healthier team and play a better team defense that we're going to see these uh, numbers from the goaltenders go up even that much more because even though they were shelled, Montembeau did take that next step in his career and kind of make us not going to say, forget our words, but I still don't think he's the greatest goalie, but he did, he did uh, kind of make me turn my head a few times this season in a positive way. He's not the, the
1: AHL goalie. We
2: put him out to be. He may be,
1: he may be a backup goalie, right? maybe
2: right i still don't think i still don't think he's in contention for like some people are saying like a 1a 1b type thing no. he's not there yet but he's a guy that can probably play 30 35 games and give you an opportunity
1: i think if anything montreal still needs a starting goaltender if they want to take that next step to contend Agreed. <clears throat> Agreed. but they don't need it now they don't need it for another 2 3 years if you ask me um
2: well it's going to depend on like we're gonna this is gonna kind of be a mixture. I can already tell what the show is gonna kind of be like because we're gonna go good, we're gonna go bad, we're gonna go into the future, etc. And,
1: and Blade's um... making noises, so I think it's about to come in here. It's...
2: Um, but um okay. I, I, I agree. I I I do agree that um they don't need it just yet. Mm. However, going into the future, they need to start looking at the pieces that they have, who's staying around who they're getting rid of, which prospects they're going to push, which prospects they want to take and put into a, a potential trade, what draft picks, et cetera. Because you can't just continue having 10-plus draft picks a draft and then say, just keep stock on the shelves, just keep stock on the shelves, and then just hope for the best. Like They need some home run uh, prospects, which they've been able to do over the last little bit. However, um, going into Nick Suzuki, he was my first positive point as well. Um, First year as the captain, 23 years old going into his um, uh, bigger contract, et cetera. There's a lot of expectation and he performed given that, you know, the team that was in the team that he played with or the guys that he played with was a carousel after these injuries happened. Um, 66 points and 26 goals. What I don't like about it, he played all 82 games and he put up those 26 goals. Well, the next highest person had 26 goals, and that was Cole Caulfield, and he only played 46 games.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So scoring scoring is gonna be something that they're gonna have to look at. They 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 have guys on the roster that with the right with the right people around them can put the puck in the net. However, they've got guys that should be put in the pocket of the net or guys that are playing depth role that should be put in the pocket of the net that aren't doing a damn thing.
1: But but here's a I'm going to, uh, I agree with you. I do agree with you. Uh, um, but you have to look at Montreal too, is besides Caulfield and Suzuki till Su- Caulfield got injured, they could never really put a full line together below that That's true. because of injuries. Yeah. Like they yeah. could never really put a line like, uh, Blaine's talked about it a lot. St. Louis likes to have two guys. Yep, these two guys are going to play together, and we'll see who fits with them. Right. Right. Yeah. And they found and it in Doc for a while. They found it in Doc, but they don't want Doc to be a winger. They no. they want Doc. And I think if Monahan stayed healthy, you might have seen Doc as that winger all year long. Like they're not going to break, so. right? Yeah. But then they kind of had to. Uh, um you kind of had to move him to the center depth because he didn't have any centers. right? So that worked for Doc, because Doc was another positive you can look at in the season. Um, again, another guy who, if he could have stayed healthy, I mean, I don't think he would have got 60, 70 points, but he definitely probably could have got 20 goals, uh, yeah. 50, 50 points, points yeah. on That's the season. Yeah. And then you look at a guy like Josh Anderson, hit the 20-goal mark here as, uh, as a Canadian, 21 goals I think yeah. he had. And then injury, then he, then he gets injured. He's gone for and these injuries. are. He's gone for four or five games. They're all right. He's gone for the season. Like we're right. done. Yep. Um, so I guess getting in kind of mixing into the negative, the negative was I, I actually, I'll, I'll, I won't go there. I'll go to the defense. So you started the season with five rookie defensemen and all five rookie defensemen played well enough to say, how do we get rid of, you know, like we talked about it, they're going to have to get rid of one one or two of these guys. But now you're thinking, let's hope one or two of these guys can play right-handed. Yeah. Or like on the right side, because you don't want to get rid of any of them. Yeah. So I guess that's when you look at the future, like what you are saying earlier about, they got to find out who they're keeping, who they're moving, who they're staying is that left side of the defense. They really have to figure out who they're, because Matheson's staying, Gouley's staying, but now you have Jack Eye, you have uh, Harris, you have Struble, you have Hudson coming up, you have, you know, uh, what's his name they got from Winnipeg there that played all year? Uh, Kovacevic. Kovacevic. Mind you, he can play on the right side, Harris can play on the right side. Uh, and Justin, then on the right side, Justin Barron on the right. And but that's all you have Davis Avar Justin Barron, and maybe Logan Mayu if he yep. uh although I think Logan Mayu would be better off in Laval for
2: I I agree. Me Laval, too, you know, me too, yep. But we'll see. Especially with happen. the log jam that they have right now.
1: Well, there's no log jam on the right side though. No. So but if you put him in on the right side, where do you put the left guys that's that are right. playing on the right? So yeah. And and that and I think that's what Hughes and them are gonna look at. And I think you might see one of those guys. My personal opinion is Harris, but I think you might see one of those guys on the move.
2: Yeah, I could I could see that. I could even see, um, a guy like Kova like who kind of came out of nowhere. He was a waiver pickup, so it didn't it didn't it ever cost them anything. And um, I'll kind of throw this into the future. Um, a lot of people are talking about Pierre Luc Dubois going to Mon- going to Montreal at the end of the season. Don't know if it's going to happen. Kovacevic isn't a player that Winnipeg wanted to lose. He could be a guy that could be thrown into a deal. They could get him back. And then all of a sudden you get the player that you want. They get the player that they want back. I'm not saying it's going to be a one for one, obviously. Internet. That's fair. No. Though. That's fair. <laughs> right. Right. That. But he was a player that they didn't want to lose and they were trying to sneak through waivers and it just, it didn't work out for them. And going into this season, I hadn't really heard a lot about this guy and he ended up being uh Pretty solid defenseman for the for the season.
1: I personally thought he was the best two, the most consistent, not the best, but the most consistent two-way four that they had. And the reason I say that is you never really heard his name. Yep. And yep. when yep. I see a bottom pairing defenseman and I don't hear his name a whole lot, that's a good thing to me. And he stayed healthy. He stayed healthy. We yep. so he missed five games. Second man. most Hey, he hey. has a voice. <laughs> uh not only did he play healthy but like i said he played consistent his his mistakes were minimal his right. uh i mean he wasn't a guly a harris or or even a jack eye like he wasn't uh no. wowing anybody he wasn't but he played good solid defense he was uh you know he was uh responsible in the offensive zone you know he wasn't costing you goals but he, was, he wasn't really putting Goals up for you, or help you score, right. but he wasn't costing you anything. Right, and that—that's what I liked about Kovacic. Mm-hmm. However, in the Dubois thing, I think that is going to happen. I don't think it's a maybe. I think it's a deadline. Um, and I think someone like Harris or one of those uh, defensemen are going to not Kovacic. I mean, I see your point about Kovacic. I just don't think he's going to be the guy they're going to they're going to want. I think it's going to be someone like Harris or Struble or. So hopefully not Jack Eye because I, I don't just, think they'll
2: give him up. I
1: don't I think they'll bought, give just, him up. After, I just bought a jersey.
2: Yeah. After like, after giving up <laughs> Romanov um, and, and, and then losing that, um that physical defenseman, and then you bring it and then Jack Eye kind of wows us in training camp and all of a sudden he's on the team and it's like, well, there's your, there's your replacement there. Yes, exactly. Right. So you don't want to, you don't want to lose him. I wouldn't, I would not trade Jack Eye right now.
0: Well, they they'd need a bigger package than just that too. Like they'd need Yes, that of
2: course, of course. And
0: not to not to mention a pick and a, a young player, but they right. have to give up some salary because Dubois is going to want what seven seven and a half probably
1: more likely. Depends on what Caulfield gets. Dubois, is a center, he's going to yeah. if Caulfield gets eight, Dubois is going to want at least eight, at least. Whether he gets it or not, it's a different story. But yeah. yeah. Um, Do you
2: think Caulfield's going to make more money than uh, Suzuki? I
1: I don't know if Caulfield's going to sign an eight-year contract. I have my doubts.
2: Right. And the reason I have my doubts... Suzuki's making just over 7.8, right? So,
1: Before, I would say no. Before, I would say Caulfield's going to get around 7.5, around that. But where these contracts are taking so long, I think... Caulfield's looking at well if you're not going to give me eight to eight and a half or eight then i want like a four a deal that's going to take me to free agency so right. what would that be four four or five years i don't know a few but right. a five-year deal at the seven or seven and a half million that you right. want to give me right that that's that's where i i mean just my insiders tell me and my insiders are all in my own head so my <laughs> insiders tell me um and they have many Rs after their name, so you know they're real. Um, they tell me that's what I perceive the the reason negotiations are taking so long.
0: Well, if he wants five to take him to free agency, that would give him two giant paydays in his career. Yeah. The, this one and the one five years up the road. It, it makes more sense for him, did.
1: really. It makes more sense for him.
0: It's what Matthews. I'm did. being honest. So if he really, really wants to be a part of this thing, and he, he'll he go for the eight. But like you said, he's probably going to want more money. At, mm-hmm. Before the season started, I figured he'd get seven and a half. He'd get about 9% of the cap. Now, after what he's done over the last 83 games with the Canadians, and I wrote about this in, the, in my last article, he's got 48 goals. So he's essentially a 50-goal player he's going to want at least eight and a half.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was on pace this year for 48 if he stayed healthy. Uh, He probably could easily bump that up to 50 with the way him and Suzuki were playing together. I'm not saying he would have got it. The on pace was 48, so we'll we'll stick with 48. Um, But he also bumps up Suzuki because Suzuki, if he plays with Suzuki all year, Suzuki's a 75-point scorer. Yep. Maybe eighty, maybe eighty, maybe, right? I I, mean, I just
2: really like to find a consistent person to play on that side, right? I, I I know that like to have the two of them together, that's fantastic, and we saw the chemistry. And we know that they have the chemistry, but to have a consistent top line would be just fantastic. If you get
1: Dubois, you can put you can you put, put Doc, Doc there. there. You put Doc up there, one hundred percent. Yeah. And then Dubois your second-line center, and he's playing with Anderson and...
0: Slifkowski.
1: Slifkowski yeah. or yeah. Druin, Druin when they re-sign him. Right.
0: <laughs> he's not coming.
1: <laughs> They're
0: re-signing him. Two and a half million. Sure. But uh, if you do get Dubois, and there's so much smoke, there's an actual forest fire in Manitoba right now from all the talk about it. So it does seem inevitable. So yeah. you got Dubois in the middle. Anderson on one side, if he's not part of the deal to get Dubois and Slavkovsky. So you got, you got a lot of beat there on that second line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now here's the question. Does Slavovsky play in Montreal or is he playing Laval? He starts he'll Montreal. St- yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: I think, I think he'll have some, some good flashes during the preseason. And I think he'll start off on a better footing because he'll know what he needed to work on and the team will be better. Kind of a better sense of where he belongs and where, where and how he should be utilized as opposed to this season where it was kind of like, let's just play you everywhere. And you know, what this I've, time you play with your head up.
0: And <laughs> What I said all season this year before his, before his injury is what I'm going to hope they do next season. And that's, Start him in the NHL, but move him down if you're not going to play him. Yeah. He averaged 12 minutes, and that's only because in the last uh, eight or nine games, he was getting 16, 17 minutes. Right. Before that, he was getting eight. That's not enough.
1: No. No. The thing is, though, and and, and St. Louis and Hughes touched on that, is they were trying to improve the other parts of his game that he needed to work on. So... Uh, I think in an interview St. Louis, or it was either Hughes or St. Louis, he said, we know he can score, we know he can do this, we know he can do that, but he needs to work on A, B, and C. And the problem with that is NHL is not a developing league. No, You know what I mean? So if you wanted to work on A, B, and C, then you should have had him in Laval working on A, B, and C. But the, I, I guess they just figured St. Louis was the right guy to have to work with him, I guess, is what they were. I don't know. It was a... Also- uh, it was a weird being situation. In Montreal.
0: Megan Montreal full-time gave him full access to Adam Nicholas as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think you'll see a difference of Koske next year. I think uh, I mean, I said this about Cotton Yemi like six years ago too, but uh I think you'll see a difference of Koski next year. I'm not saying he's gonna blow the uh doors off the barn or anything, but I think you'll see an improvement. I think you'll see double-digit goals, you'll see, you know, you'll see the emergence of what we were hoping we drafted. Yes.
0: I think if he ends up as a third line winger in this coming season, that's a great step forward. Is that that leaves room to grow even more? I mean, big guys like that usually take a little extra time. So we're, we're looking at something about four years down the road. So if he ends up as a, at least a third line, uh, third line winger at this point, then it's showing progression. Right. If he can't yeah. reach that, if he can't hold on to that, then send him to Laval.
1: And Ken Hughes said, We didn't draft the guy for this year. We drafted him for five years from now. That's right. So we'll see. Once we'll see wherever it's wherever Bedard's going to line up, too. Right. So you got to like, are they going to want Bedard to be a winger or a center? So it's really going to.
0: I think they'll have him on the wing.
1: Yeah. With, right uh, so. he'll he'll be that guy with Suzuki and Caulfield
0: that's right
2: <laughs> he's here he's your solution on the right side for defense
1: him or Fantelli one or the other one
0: or the other <laughs> yeah him and Fantelli because uh they'll get both we'll find a way Mitch Koff
1: drops to the Florida pick and they draft him up and then all of a sudden he gets out of Russia
0: <laughs> that, that's a good that's a good point though what if he does what if Mitchkov <laughs> does slide to that pick? Do they hold on to that pick just to see if it happens? Well, it's going to depend on where that Trading pick is.
1: It. So we're not going to know where that pick is going to be until...
0: The, the, the end of this week.
1: Well, yeah. they beat Boston. They handedly beat Boston yesterday, so... Yeah, I don't my think prediction they get by of Boston, Boston in three
0: is not happening.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're getting by Boston, but... Uh... So if they lose to Boston, that means their pick is 17th. Yeah, but if Mitchkov drops to 17th, I say you got to take him. Yeah. Yes. You have to. Yeah.
0: But if they want that pick as in they, I mean Winnipeg, as part of the Dubois deal, that you, changes you do things. It. You do it. You still pick Mitchkov. At 17, not if you're trading yeah. it. Do you wait to see if he drops that far and then pick them up or do you because they've got calgary's first pick as well next year the year after 27 it's, it's, it's
1: it it's all either, depends yeah, on if the next moon, year or the year if, after. If, the, if the moon isn't in, in line with mars on the 23rd of any given month and a cricket in japan sings a certain song they'll get it in 2025 there you go that's pretty so much how that, that pick goes <laughs> It's, it it depends you know, on what Winnipeg's gonna want, really. Like, do they want the 2024 pick, or the how how deep is the draft in 2025?
0: Who knows. Um, but it there, it all depends on how much of a barrel Dubois puts them over. Yep. If he says flat out, "I am not signing with you, no matter what," I'll sit out the year, and I'm only gonna sign with these guys. You can trade me wherever you want. And I'll sign a one-year deal with anyone else. But I only want to go to that city. He's kind of calling the shot. That's what Kachuk did. Uh, the RFAs are starting to do that now.
2: Well, I'm it, hoping that that happens with Montreal because they. I'm hoping that that is going to lower the uh, lower the price they get to pay.
1: But is the price going to exactly. be... Let, first of all, let's stand back and go, is the price going to be that high? It's going to start with that first pick. It's definitely going to be a first pick, but is it going to be plus, 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 plus?
0: Because I mean. No, I think it's two to three pieces at most.
1: Like if, because if you look at Dubois and you look as like, yes, he's going to be a great player. Yes. He's going to be a top six player. He's going to be, it's going to help the team, but it's not like he was having 80, 70, 80 point seasons. Right. I think what, what did he finish with this, with this year? 70. I'd have to look it up. I'd have to look it up, but uh This was his best season by far. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: It's
2: 63 and 73. 27 goals, 36 assists, which is three points more than his uh, previous. What did he have? 27 goals, 36 assists, 63 points in 73 games.
1: Okay, see, I thought he – because he was on pace for higher than that and he slowed right down near the end. We got
2: injured towards the end of the year, right? So, yeah
0: it's not like he's uh you know an elite point producing center here either although he is one of those rare power forward centers yeah but yeah
1: but do you see what you I'm put, saying though like you're, lo- over. you're looking at a guy's never scored more than sixty five never scored more than sixty three points but we're we're thinking that we're trading for you know an Austin Matthews who mind you has only scored 50 goals once, but (laughs) I don't know. I just find it. uh, I don't know if he's going to be as expensive as people think he's going to be.
0: No, I think a three pieces is pretty much all they're going to get. And I don't know how good those three pieces are going to be. Like it's going to be a mid first, uh, a B prospect and some salary. So a roster player.
1: But what roster player? That's another question. Who I don't do, know? Who do they have a, besides Anderson? Who do they have a value that they're My, willing to part? Mike Hoffman,
0: <laughs> Joel Armia, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Jets want him back. Yeah,
1: but you, you see what I'm saying? Like, yes, I do agree. Yeah. They have to give up a Joel Edmondson, maybe. That could be. Could like, be. Like you, I, I'm I'm trying to look at that roster, and I'm trying to think. Besides Josh Anderson, who do they have that anyone's going to want?
0: Yeah, I think I think Anderson's the most logical choice in that because of the five and a half, mm. because of the age factor, and he's
1: going to be a wanted. Uh, but if you throw Josh Anderson there, that brings the value of the prospect and the pick down. If yeah, you, ask me. you may you
0: may not even get a pick, or you may only get a pick.
1: Yeah, like I'm saying, like all right, if you want Anderson, well, then we're not giving you, I'll say, Harris. Just I'm just throwing a, a name out there because that's the name I was using earlier. You're not getting Harris, or you're not getting the pick, or that pick's going to be the Calgary 2025 pick, and not this year's pick.
0: Yeah, it does factor in. It does. It's a sliding scale.
2: Let's just say Christian Dvorak, and we'll just call it a day.
1: That's possible, <laughs> That is yep. po- that that that's another po- that way you can say all right this pick, this top prospect, and we'll take the Borak. We'll get our center. You'll lose what four and a half. Oh, yeah, four, is four point 4, 4, 4, four. Yeah, four point four to four point four, and we'll call it even. Yeah. And then do as long as money's going out. The signs for two and a half. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. So what's the next topic, boys?
2: Oh, we're just kind of kind of going back and forth. We're kinda, right yeah, we're just kind of everywhere. I'll throw a negative in. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw I'll throw a negative in, and it's um players playing through injuries to the extent that they did this year. And just kind of how it affected them and and, and for a guy like Monaghan who continued to play through injury and then it just completely killed his straight value and ended his season.
0: Well, how do you protect the players from themselves in that kind of case? Like what, what would you do?
1: You don't dress them. You say you're injured. You're not playing. Monahan's case. He was in a walking boot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I know, injured. I
2: know the players are going to want to play and they're going to want to play through injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. But at one, at what point, especially given the last two seasons and, and and this year, you start off, you're you're turning heads. You're 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 competitive against certain against teams you shouldn't be competitive against, and then all of a sudden it's just one after another after another after another. And they even said with Caulfield, that he would have continued to play through that shoulder injury if they were in a better position.
1: Yet that shoulder injury was one hit away from being a disaster. Right. 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 So if you knew that two months ago, why did you hold off until right. now? Right. So I I think there needs to be a little
2: bit of a fix. I'm not blaming the medical staff. I'm not blaming their performance or anything, but there needs to be maybe that conversation to be had a little bit more to say like, Hey, you're injured or you're this, So maybe you should look into not playing or sit out this game or whatever else.
0: Trey brought up a good point with Monaghan. He was in a walking boot with Caulfield. You couldn't tell. No, no. So you had to rely on his say, so on how he felt. So do you, do you take these guys and put them through an MRI every other month or like, what do you do?
1: I think if they complain of something going on and, like, say, what if Caulfield said, hey, my shoulder's kind of bothering me, you say, all right, we got a day off tomorrow. Let's get you an MRI and take a look at it. I mean, that's what they do in baseball. In baseball, they – I mean, mind you, most baseball fields have their own MRI machine right in their locker room. But in baseball, as soon as a player has any type of injury, the first thing they do is take him and send him to an MRI and really – how? baseball it's not that hard on your body but uh not like ho- i mean compared to hockey compared to hockey right um so what they they what they should be doing is Coffee says oh yeah my shoulder's been bothering me the last couple of games all right tomorrow's a day off we're going to take you to you know downtown get an mr done on that on that shoulder and see what's going on if they we don't see anything all right we don't see anything it's just a tweak you know do some physio and you should be all right
0: That would probably be the best way to go. I mean, honestly. they
1: it's not like they don't have the money to do it. It's not like they don't have the insurance. <laughs> right?
0: But I mean, maybe a weekly mandatory uh, checkup.
1: All right, boys, pull the shorts down and cough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cough once, it's for yeah. you. You cough twice, yeah. that's for me.
2: Oh, we, we got a we got a, a hiring here. Treg Wilson has been added to the medical staff.
0: <laughs> Make sure you warm up those hands first. Yeah. <laughs> no way, Jose.
1: <laughs> and Monahan hurt his back just taking his shorts off. All right, yeah. you're out. You're out. <laughs> but uh i i guess a negative for me on the team i don't know i don't really have a negative. i'll be honest i was pretty happy with this season with the way it went um um yeah i don't uh i i we all knew they'd be near the bottom uh i still think you're totally wrong
0: Treg. you were wrong you, oh, no. you said you said six to ten, and they're they're five.
1: Actually, I even said I think they'll finish around seven or eight. Um, still wrong. You know what? Full. You know what? Fully healthy is like I said to Matt earlier. I still would have been wrong because they probably would have been like ten to twelve. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I digress. Sorry, I'll take the L. I guess. <laughs> oh no. Um you just went back a whole year of tweets to pull that tweet out, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um oh,
0: the dedication that was amazing. Oh,
1: um, but no, I, I I mean, I'm happy now. They have a chance to get a top three pick, get a top five pick. Uh no matter who they pick, I think it's gonna be a special player. Um, unless they really go off the board. Um I don't even think Reinbeck's going to be a bad pick if they pick him at five. So, uh, or is it Reimback or Becker or Ryan Bacher? some name. Another like guy that,
2: that we're going to have to find out how to spell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think even that'll be. I I don't think I'd pick him at five. But I don't think even if they did, I'm I wouldn't look at it as a a terrible pick, depending on who they didn't pick. I guess. Um. But uh, yeah,
2: you take Mitchkov at five if he's available? If no. they stay at five, no, no.
1: I think mitchkov's going to drop not. like a rock. I think he's going to yeah. drop like a rock. He may not even I, leave Russia. So I can see,
2: I can see a team like Columbus jumping all over him at one or two. Columbus, like if save Columbus, What's Columbus has, right now three. They're three. I could see, I could see them jumping on him at three
1: or maybe four if he right as far as I know, there's reports that he may not even be able to leave Russia at all. Like I think you're going to see Russian players drop like rocks if they're still in Russia. Yeah. Hard to say. Hard to say. Like, especially with the uh, death of uh, his father under mysterious pretenses. Right. (laughs) yeah you know, just yeah. days after he said he's hoping his son can get out earlier than out of his contract early. So the rumor dr-
0: and he but drowned in a pond of like ten feet from his house, going out for a walk,
1: yeah do do I'm not saying um, anything happened. I wasn't there,
0: but we just we just know <laughs> the outcome.
1: however. Um,
0: so for me, I'm I'm going to say my negative is the injury problem, but a positive came from that in that the Canadians have been able to see what they have in their prospect pool that is near NHL ready. They, they played 38 different players on the roster this year. And a lot of them, it was about 17 call-ups.
2: Yeah. There's I'll,
0: too many calls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But we were able to see that uh, uh, what Yalonen can do in the NHL, we were able to see that uh, Harvey Penard is ready for an NHL role. Yeah. Now he was on pace for like a thirty-three goal season, scoring at the pace he was scoring. Don't expect that.
1: I, I but... was going to say there's a negative on one of those, and that was going to be Harvey Penard, because everyone's going to expect this guy to be a twenty to thirty goal scorer, and I don't think he's going to be at the NHL level.
0: No, like he scored fourteen goals this year. If he plays all 82 games and scores 14 goals next season, that's a win.
1: Yeah. Because he's going to be a bottom six player.
0: Yeah. He's not going to be on the top line with uh, with Suzuki. He's going to be playing third and fourth line minutes. He might move up here and there, depending on, you know, situations, but yeah, bottom six, but he is definitely an NHL player.
2: The healthy roster though. He's probably the only one that returns next season. I think so. He's, I think he's the only lock out of all I, the, call, I think he'll and a chance. If they can
1: get he's, he's, Huffman, he's, maybe
2: he's got a chance, he's got a chance, but I think he's the only lock out of the guys that were called up. That's going to be back next year.
0: Well, he, he's going to be going up against Heinemann who I think he, he had himself an amazing camp and he's, he's playing a jump. really well in LaBelle.
2: Yeah. If you wouldn't, have got injured.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that that's two guys that are going to compete for the same spot. Um, then you have a guy like Gurianov who might sign for a super cheap deal because he can play on the right side.
1: Right. I personally like Gurianov, um, although I don't know that he the started. He started, have, he started. The price would hot. have to be really right. He started very the hot, side. then
2: he fizzled. He really fizzled out towards the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. And His usage. His, his usage was way down.
1: I think he's yeah, a player think, that needs to play with someone in order to be successful. Yes.
0: Yeah, he's he's more of a complimentary piece. And if he's willing yeah. to sign for a million bucks for one year, then yeah. But he is not getting that qualifying offer.
1: I mean, not 3.9, no. No. No, that's not no, happening.
0: he's not gonna get the 2.9. Oh,
1: is it 2.9? Sorry, I thought I was saying it was 3.9. Yeah. Either way.
0: May as well yeah. be 40. He's not right. getting it.
1: Yeah. He's not getting Joel Armia money, man.
2: <laughs> and that's another and that's another one of those players. A very frustrating to watch because he is one of those guys that he either plays lights out or he is one of the worst on the ice. That man has a hat trick. Two
0: yeah. of them. He has more yeah.
1: hat tricks than cold coffee. He does. He does. He does.
0: <laughs> that's, As a that's Montreal kind of, Canadian. That kind of hurts a bit. Well, wow. It really does. Still
1: next year is his last year
0: anyway, isn't it? Armia?
1: No, I think he's got a year uh, after that too.
0: 2025, I think.
2: Ugh. Yeah, he's he he got two, two, more, two more seasons at 3.4. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh.
1: I'd be advertising. He has more hat tricks than Cole Garfield. People. Armia <laughs> to Toronto for Matthews, straight up.
2: And then do snips of the, uh, then do snips of the rosters that he played with, and be like, oh my god, <laughs> what can he do on my team? <laughs> But um another guy another guy that I think more or less cemented a role on the team is Pizzetta because he went out there and he played like he played how he had to play to stay in the roster like stay in an NHL roster position. Um given the given the injuries and given really a fourth line role. He still put up fifteen points in sixty-three games. He hit everything, he took on all comers when it came to protecting his teammates. Um I think he's got a. I think he's got a job there next year.
1: I disagree. Thirteenth forward, sure, I can see that. I don't think they bring him back at all. No, no, him and Bazille, I think Bazil signs a Levant, uh, AHL contract, and I don't think either one of them come back next year as a as a as, a, as an NHL.
0: I think Belzil is probably going to be able to get himself a one year NHL deal somewhere, but I don't think it's going to be Montreal.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think is going to be back. The reason being, if you have a healthy Arbor Jack and he plays, because really not needed.
0: Right. Well, you got to look at the forward group that you have too. How many forwards do you have? And is he going to be in the way or and, and, and is that's, he a
1: placeholder? And that's another thing I'm looking at. So unless you get rid of both Huffman and Armia, which I don't see happening, um, I don't see where he plays, especially if you have Heineman and you have Raphael Harvey, uh, RHP, and you got Yalonen all knocking at the door to play in the NHL. Pozzetta just takes up a roster spot.
2: But some of these guys, are they going to be better suited to play in Laval and to play in a more of a top six role as opposed to
1: playing a fourth line role in Montreal? I, you can't bury Yalonen much more before it gets to the point where you either have to find room for him or get rid of him one or the other. You can't just bury him in Lavo. I'm not saying he's NHL now, you know what I mean, but I'm saying he's that guy that is he's an RFA. His confidence is never right. going to get higher if the, you don't start put him in the in the right. in the in the NHL. World. Right, because he's, if, he's he, if he shot more, he'd be yes, yeah, so stud. He does, he does need to shoot more. He does need <laughs> right? to shoot more. But he's on he that a- he,
2: but he's on that list of RFA. He's on there with yeah, with heart with with him and, and with uh, uh Harvey see, Harvey Pinard, the two
1: big ones. I sign him and Harvey Pinard over Pizzetta and DeZeal any day. Right. And and in Blaine could be right. You could both could be right. It could be that 13th Ford or whatever, but who you know, and then you have depending on who you draft, he might make it into the NHL. You know what I mean? He That's might make thing. it in the NHL. So there's another spot. You Know Slavoski's gonna be there. Uh Dubois comes over, he's gonna be there. Um, you know, where where is he gonna fit in? That that's that's my other thing. Like, I don't mind Pizzetta. I think you're right, he stood up to a lot of guys, he got his ass kicked by Wayne Simmons there, but he's not a heavyweight and Wayne no, Simmons he's is not. he's not, and so just him locking up with him, uh, you know, props to him. Um, but like I say, you got Jack Eye. You don't need Pizzetta locking horns with anyone. Um, And then where does he fit in on the forward group? Right.
0: Like I said, he'd be a 13th forward. If they keep him, it's because he's signed cheap and he's a placeholder and he's a 13th forward. Yeah.
1: And you got to look at, you know, goaltending, Caden Primo. What are they going to do with him next year? Yeah, because he's going
0: to have to clear waivers. Yeah. Not too, not too sure on that one.
1: I mean, he could be like uh, Charlie Lindgren when they had him. They he had to clear through waivers and no one picked him up. Um, could be. Now well, is Primo better than Charlie Lindgren? Yes.
2: Yeah, and Primo's in. Like, he's got a he's got a very good contract. He's going to get eight ninety for that's two more I mean. years. For two more years, yeah. So and then that they got cheap... and then they got Dobash signed as well, but. Uh... He'll be waivers am right? So,
1: well, and go out and get Carter Hart and trade uh, Caden Primo as a uh, in, in the Carter Hart deal, and then he goes plays for his dad' te- his dad's old team. I don't know. I I, I mean, I don't think all can afford to get Hart and Dubois the same year, but um, unless they really bear, unless they really start throwing out pick some prospects, but. Uh, yeah, who knows? Like it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting off for sure. Yeah, especially now that Dechow and Dobbs have both signed, uh, um, both signed with Montreal or signed right. their entry level contracts. Primo's is kind of expendable now.
2: He's he's kind of getting to that point, and like, I was kind of hoping for, um, a solid, kind of play in. Like he's he's doing that kind of like play in playoff thing. Right now, and uh he was a little bit shaky in the first in that first game. so I I, I don't know he he's one of those players that's very frustrating for me because he goes out and he's lights out in one game and then he is kind of he lets he lets in he lets in that soft one, but he's one of those guys you want to hold on to because you see the potential there. It's just he hasn't been able to show it consistently at the NHL level, and he's getting like he's 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 not a an old goalie to to start. Like well, the guy's only twenty three years old, but he's been he and he's won the awards, and he's and he's and he's got the respect. It's just he hasn't been able to show that consistency.
1: Well, it's like after the playoff series last year for Lavelle, you would think he was almost ready to take that next step. Yes. But then this year, he's kind of sputtered. Like he's been inconsistent yes. in Laval this year. So, and then I thought his two games in Montreal, I thought he played very well in the first game. Right. But then the second game, he was just okay. Yeah. You know, like he didn't, yeah. I mean, mind you, he didn't have much help in the second game, but no. he was still just okay. <laughs> like, you know, uh, so the, I, but they do got to make a decision. Like they got uh, Montembeau and Allen or, and are there. They're going to be the two goalies unless they find a deal and trade Allen or Montebo, one or the other. Right. Um, and then if you're trading Allen, do you really want Primo as your backup right now? You know, especially yeah. with his inconsistency issues. I mean, I guess it all depends on where does Montreal want to go? Are they now, okay, we finished bottom five two years in a row, now let's start inching towards you know, just outside the playoffs or are they let's go for another year at bottom five?
0: Well, he, he the, uh, the GM already said that they're not looking at signing older players just to win a few extra games. So that kind of gives you an idea that they're going to hold on to what they got. Mm. And if the team were healthy all year, like you mentioned earlier, they would not have been bottom five team. So a healthier team with a couple of minor changes this is a team that's probably going to be within that 12 to 15 range right. at the draft the following year.
2: But they're also a part of a, uh, and, I, and I don't know what kind of pressure this is going to put on Hughes and in the team in general, but the uh, Atlantic division is becoming increasingly more competitive. Um, Detroit's taken that next step. Buffalo has taken that next step. If Ottawa can get their shit together, they'll take the next step, et cetera. Right. And then you've got yeah. the guys that are, Constantly performing during the regular season, we saw how Boston was this year. Um, it's and then and then you look at even in the in the Metro. So to even to get in in a wild card spot, teams like Pittsburgh and Washington got got knocked out. These are teams that are consistently in the playoffs, and all of a sudden they're out. And teams like you know the Islanders and the Devils jumped into those positions. So. I don't know if that's going to put any pressure on Hughes to kind of say, like, we might have to speed up our plan to to be in one of those spots if that's what they're looking for to be a wild card team or to to
1: make a push for the playoffs. See, I don't, I don't think they'll speed up just for the simple fact Boston and Toronto. Although we said this last year about Boston as well, they're hitting that stage where they're gonna have to flip the other way, right? Anytime. eventually, eventually, right? Yeah. Like Toronto yeah. next year is Austin Matthews last year. if austin matthews doesn't come back to toronto after next year that whole team's dynamics going to change right right well if
0: they lose in the first round again their management's going to change so who knows what direction they take
1: i think if they don't make it to at least the conference finals their management's going to change like whether they win the the everyone's so focused on the first round that they're forgetting you got to win three other rounds
0: yeah. Well, they haven't gone past that first round in almost 20 years. So I, I get yeah. that. But a team and your next
2: match in your next, match, st- next matchup's likely against Boston if you win anyway. Yeah.
1: You're 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 a Stanley Cup contending team. You haven't been past the first round. So everyone's gonna blow their load as soon as they get past the first round. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then go, Oh shit, we still gotta win the next round. Right, right. So if they don't win that, it's still a complete failure of a season. Right. For the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm sorry, but right. Another another thing I'll bring up for
2: for the Canadians as a as a negative, um, and it's the uh the p the PK and the power play. I I know that the guys were injured a lot, um, and they you weren't be able to really see those those players that should have been out there doing so. But even then, they weren't. Uh, they, it was it was another it was another struggle when it came to to both of those uh, both of those stats this season.
0: Well, if you split the season up in half, the first half of the year the power play was absolute shit. It was thirteen percent, but the second half of the year they were clicking along at about twenty three percent, which is respectable. So they figured out a little bit on the power play how to set themselves up, how to how to do their thing. The penalty kill was absolute garbage from start to finish.
1: Yes. They also had a lot of young players.
0: That's the thing. Yeah. It should improve just because they've gotten experience.
1: Right. You you should see an improvement, but also you can kind of give the penalty kill a little bit of a leeway for the simple fact you know, Edmondson and Savard and Edmondson wasn't there for the first half of the season. Were the only two real veterans that, uh... oh, another positive, David Savard. I thought David Savard was a huge positive for the team last year for a third line or a third pairing defenseman to play top line minutes the entire year um, and play well, considering. Uh, I thought that was a big positive, yeah. big props to David Savard for, yeah. for doing that.
0: And I don't know if you guys mentioned it earlier, but Matheson. Yeah. We never mentioned Matheson. I was no, just thinking about him, though.
1: Yeah, we haven't. Yeah. like and, Healthy uh, Mike Matheson would have had 50 points, I think, this year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It just shows that he's he's happy where he is now. Yeah. He's happy to be in Montreal. And that's, that's something that, to me, this is the, the biggest positive of the year. Players want to be in Montreal now. For years, they did not want to be. Now they're they they, te- they they're starting to really look at Montreal as an actual destination. Matheson loved coming home. Savard signed with the Canadians because he wanted to come home. Dubois wants to come home. Players want to return to Montreal.
1: So, Austin uh, Matthews changes his name to sound like that. Does he want to come home to Montreal?
0: Well, he's got the shitty mustache, but I, I don't think he'll fit in.
1: <laughs> he, he carries a purse.
0: <laughs> ah, we don't all do that.
1: I'm just saying it's it's a cultural thing in Montreal. Like it is essential.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we're off the air for yeah, the yeah. <laughs> all right, so how about we finish this off here now, uh, with some final thoughts, uh, Matt, what about you?
2: Look forward to the draft. Hopefully they, uh, make the pick that they should pick, uh, obviously hoping for a, uh, for a, uh, a lottery win. I think it would be just incredible for the, uh, for the franchise if they were able to do that. But if not, they stay at five, six, there's some very good players there and it's, it, it's kind of their time to, uh, Hit a home run with one of these kind of picks. It, it can't be a guy that they sit on for X amount of years. Like this needs to be a guy that's going to be in the lineup in in two seasons, or right. less, or less. Yeah, uh,
1: I think they should stay away from the free agent market this year. Um, not even touch it. Like don't even look at it. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe sign a couple bottom veteran players just to guide the. And by mean bottom veteran players, I mean. You know, this guy's going to cost me one, one and a half mil and he's just going to go in there to help guide the young players. I think they should, like you said, Blaine, I think they should stick with what they have, figure out who should be in the NHL and who shouldn't and go with it. And then you'll find by the end of the season who should stay in the NHL and who shouldn't and then worry about signing some people to come in to fill holes. All right. I'll throw one more out there. Um, If the Dubois deal doesn't
2: feel right, don't overpay just to get them. Wait that extra season. I right? truly believe that's what Hughes' is gonna right? do. And I, then, I and, then and then utilize that Florida pick to do something, you know, what they kind of like what they did with Kirby Doc and bring in another young player. And if you can do it possibly for um another another forward or even uh even a right-handed shot defenseman, something like that, you make that deal and then you let the player play out his year is if that's what if, if Montreal was where his destination wants to be at the end you don't make the deal just to make the deal you give them another year to develop give them another year to get better and then all of a sudden you bring in a piece like Dubois and you're better for it
0: yeah I like that um a- anything else Craig?
1: No, no. That's that's like what he said about Dubois. Like I don't, you don't overpay for him. You get him when you get him. If you don't get him, you don't get him.
0: Plain simple. Works for me. Uh, So for me, final thoughts, I just want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in. I want to thank everyone for sending in those, uh, those emails, those messages interacting with us on, uh, on social media. Um, We just really appreciate the community that you, you guys have built around us. And uh, we want to thank you for that. And we want to thank you for listening. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John
1: Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network.
0: I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network.
1: And I'm Johnny Peterson
2: from Straight Up Podcasts.